0: Ray Matlaka, how are you doing, brother?
1: I'm good, thanks, Sayabonga, And how are you, my brother?
0: Very well, thanks, man. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us this evening. Now, I was saying to Snesipo earlier on, I mean, uh, it's certainly made for, I wouldn't call it riveting watching, but uh, I guess a mix of uh, tragedy meets comedy. Uh, Last week's uh, meeting with the Standing Committee on Public Accounts and the Business Rescue Practitioners uh, where In my view, the issue really uh, hovered around um, the lack of post commencement funding and that then, I guess, subsequently leading to a proposed wind down on the part of the business rescue practitioners. But uh, I guess the big question many people are asking themselves is, you don't go and ask for retrenchments if uh, people are still asking, where is the plan?
1: That's right. Uh, you know, and the problem here is that, you know, the situation is so complicated and there's so many expectations from so many parties. And um, where we're sitting right now is that, you know, it's five months since, uh, you know, SAA was placed under business rescue and there is no firm plan on the fate of SAA or how the airline will be restructured going forward. Uh you know, and I mean business rescue under the Companies Act which governs the the business rescue proceedings usually calls for um a final a final rescue plan to be presented within three months. We're now mm. five months in and there's no rescue plan. But what complicates this matter further is that there is a sharp difference of opinion about how SAA should be uh, restructured. The rescue practitioners want to proceed to publish a final plan by the end of this month that will wind down um, the operations of SAA, but um, the government, the shareholder, does not want any winding down of the airline. In fact, it wants you know all most jobs to be saved, and bizarrely, a new airline to be uh, formed. Um, you know, at a time when the global aviation industry is in turmoil.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess we can clearly see here that uh, the Department of Public Enterprises and uh, some of the trade unions are batting on the same wicket. I mean, we even saw the trade union saying, "Hey." You know, we're willing to take pay cuts uh, uh, close to on half of uh, what uh, certain uh, uh, employment categories are earning, uh, so that we can uh, give some room and space for us to uh, reconsider what a new airline might look like, and uh, uh, what then is going to happen here to the business rescue practitioners in light of, I guess, this new uh, collaborative mood between the DPE and some of the workers.
1: It's you know, it's, it's very complicated because there was. A, a memorandum of understanding signed between um, uh, Minister uh, Provence Gordon and the business rescue practitioners to save jobs. Well, that's not the original plan of the business rescue practitioners. They want to cut jobs because there isn't money to pay workers beyond, um, in fact, beyond the end of April. We're now in, uh, you know, uh, in May. There's no money to pay workers. So the, the, the most viable plan that the rescue practitioners have come up with so far is to cut jobs. But there's a lot of pushback uh, for, for for that to happen on the side of labour, and, and on the side of the government as well. So you're sort of seeing the business rescue practitioners, you know, their hands are tied. They can't move forward uh, with with uh, cutting, you know, employment costs at the airline. So, you know, it's, it's, it's again, there are too many cooks in the kitchen to to use that phrase loosely, mm. uh, and, and too many parties with different expectations of how this airline will be rescued.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, for me, uh, Ray, when I look at this, um, I guess uh, I'm asking myself, I mean, you know, who would want to start a new airline in the kind of global environment that we see? I mean, we're speaking about 30,000 jobs on the line at uh, Emirates. Uh, we're seeing something similar at British Airways where there's uh, challenges and even pre- pre- pre-dating COVID. Uh, there all man- manner of uh, industrial relations concerns in many of the airlines across the world. We also saw, um, you know, Air France, KLM. Uh, going out and uh, asking for state relief and support, um, you know, what about operating in the aviation sector would make this a viable and a sustainable concern, and what would have to be different to SAA in its current form?
1: Well, you know, Ayabanga, you just read the list of airlines um, that are that are going through problems, and, and 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 let's be honest, these are. The, the the most well managed and well adept airlines globally. You know, if they're going through such problems right now, I cannot imagine an SAA which you know faces a debt load of um, of long term debt of more than six billion rand. Uh, you know, how is it going to be able to survive the the, the the aviation industry when estimates are that it might take a, a year or two for normal travel patterns to to normalise. Uh, post covid-19 um, so how will this new airline work we don't know um, but what we know is that um, you know F- minister, uh, F- um, deputy um, not the deputy what am i saying I um, the, the the public uh, enterprise minister previn gordon yes. he wants uh, the new airline to focus more on domestic air travel um, it wouldn't be an SAA that has large international and regional uh, flight routes. Um, it'll be one in which it will operate on a much smaller scale, wow. um, will have uh, possibly high load factors from, um, load factors profitability in the airline industry, that is. Uh, it will have high load factors uh, from the domestic airline industry. So you'll sure. see a much more smaller and consolidated SAA. All right, Ray. We're, Ray yeah.
0: unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there, man. We have run out of time, but uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thanks for having me again. Eh? Awesome stuff. That there was Ray Matlaka speaking to us for our wrap of the top business stories. 14 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Shop Stewards Corner where we bring you uh, this segment every Monday to take a look at what's happening in the lives of working people and what's happening on the shop floor. And uh, uh, we now take a look at uh, the lives of those uh, whose workplace is uh, many of our private homes and those are domestic workers. Now, the Department of Labor says as of of Saturday, I should say, uh, the 16th of May, the Unemployment Insurance Fund uh, um, had uh, paid 14,113 domestic workers. Uh, from uh, the special lockdown benefit uh, to the tune of just over 55.5 million rand. Now the figures further show that uh, 10,092 employers had lodged claims on behalf of their domestic workers. And last week, Minister Inglisi announced that a private company, Interfile, had agreed to join forces with the department to help trace domestic workers through their cell phone numbers and other forms of communication to ensure that they've received the necessary benefit. But one would think uh, that uh, the other people who would uh, certainly uh, also play a role in tracing many of these workers and uh, making sure that they g- benefit and receive some of this relief uh, would be some of the uh, 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 organized formations that represent domestic workers and one of them is the United Domestic Workers of South Africa and uh, the president of Sadsau uh, joins me on the line now and uh, her name is Pinky Mashiane. Me Pinky, how are you? Good evening at Metro FM listeners. I'm fine, thanks, and how are you? I'm, I'm
2: good. the president of Futuosa.
0: Sorry, I'm reading Satsau here. Sorry, that's another union entirely. Udwasa, yes, the United Domestic Workers of South Africa. Uh, Maybe I want us to maybe start off here. I I mean, I I remember a few years ago uh, taking a look at uh, one of the stories that had come out of this sector, and uh, they were speaking about how low the compliance was on the part of many uh, uh, employers of domestic workers in signing up for things like the UIF, and I guess, uh, you know, uh, all of that lack of compliance or non-compliance gets shown up during a period like this because that's when all of that is exposed. Talk to me about uh, your assessments as the uh, uh, udwasa here on this question of uh, uh, one employer signing up for UIF before we even get to whether or not some of these benefits have been paid to uh, a relevant number of workers in your sector. Yes, it
2: it is very, very difficult for domestic workers most of the employers don't want to register them they don't comply with the act i'm also surprised that as uh, of saturday there's 14000 domestic workers that they say mm. the, uh, have been paid because on the 1st of may the uif commissioner said only about 5000 employers of domestic workers have applied for ters fund so i don't know when the number me? multiplied only about five thousand. He said this on the on the first of May on Workers' Day. That's what mm, he said. Mm. That uh, yeah, only about five thousand. And we, we are speaking about more than a million domestic workers in South Africa, and, and only few few employers have applied for that. So I've heard the statement that the fourteen thousand have been paid. I don't know that because there's no one that has told me that I have uh, benefited from this uh, COVID nineteen fund, uh, UIF.
0: So you are saying? I mean. There's a million domestic workers in South Africa, and that's less domestic, that uh, but uh, I mean, let's work with that figure for now. You are saying that even that figure is an overestimation.
2: Mippy? Are wrong.
0: you saying that that 14,000 number is overblown? It's an overestimation. Hello? Hello? Ah, we seem to be losing you there. So I was just asking, is that an overestimation? Yes.
2: The, the
0: 14,000. So it's 14,113 domestic workers that the department says have received this lockdown benefit. And they say they've paid out 55 million rand or so. Are, are you saying even that is an overestimation? The, that's
2: overestimation. I don't know. Because really, we still have domestic workers who are still struggling to get that UIF. Today, as a speaker, I spoke with two employers telling them about the UIF. Both domestic workers are now dismissed, and there's no UIF. The employers didn't register them. state of registering the domestic workers with UIF, they decide to d- dismiss them. So I don't know where this number is coming from, but I'm telling you, I have never heard of the domestic workers. We have many domestic workers who are still waiting for that UIF fund, but they haven't uh, benefited from it.
0: Mm. How many people are, I mean, uh, you know, just from your sense, how many employers have actually signed their workers up for UIF?
2: In... Uh, was, uh, as we speak, those who are working sleep in, they are back to work. They paid them last month and now they are back to work. They have it, they didn't apply for, for that UIF uh, COVID 19 UIF terror fund, the employers. And there are few of those that employers have said, We are going to apply for you. And they haven't come came back to us and tell us that they have uh, benefited that money. We are still waiting to hear from them. Mm. So it's really uh, very difficult e mm-hmm time for domestic workers we that's why we even uh, send a submission to the Depa- we called on the department of labor We asked the minister to declare domestic workers who are not registered with the uif to declare them as contributors because he has powers according to section 69 of the uif act mm. uh, that they can also benefit and that includes migrant domestic workers we've got many thousands of migrant domestic workers here in south africa who has not received anything from the uif mm. or from from anywhere
0: you raise a very important point there. And uh, uh, I mean, well, what has the response been from the ministry when you have suggested that uh, the minister ought to use the authority vested in his office in that kind of way? Well, what have they said to you?
2: We, we, we don't we don't get uh, any answer from them. Uh, last week, we even sent another submission because the times called for the measures. Mm. We, we called on the minister to, uh, to grant employers who did not register their domestic workers in time to grant them amnesty. And the aim of the, of an amnesty is to promote compliance uh, to the benefit of domestic workers. We are doing this to try the, the domestic workers' must benefit. You are going down saying, that, please grant employers amnesty. Do not penalize them. Just allow them to register domestic workers so that they can benefit from this UI uh, COVID fund.
0: Mm, mm. Yes. Let's talk quickly. I mean, just, uh, you know, we know about in all manner of workplaces, uh, there's some issues in the mines that we've seen, there's issues in retail, in the manufacturing sector, in terms of screening and testing Abandu uh, as they go back to their places of work. Uh, Let's talk about the domestic sector. I mean, the places of work of many of your members are people's private homes. And uh, uh, I, I want us to briefly talk about, I guess, you know, what's what's the preparation looking like for the ultimate resumption of activity in the, the workplaces uh, slash private homes of many people?
2: We have told the domestic workers to ask the employers because they cannot afford the PPEs personal protective equipment, to ask the employers to provide them with masks and gloves. If they can, they can use their own masks and gloves. And we also told them not to work with sick patients. Domestic workers are not nurses because we have those employers who will take domestic workers to look after the sick people in the house. Mm. So we are saying no to that. And if there's anyone who's tested positive in the family, we are saying the employers must also take a domestic worker for tests so that she can know whether she's tested negative or what, so that she can be quarantined and to, for her safety not to be infected as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mipin, you will have to leave it there, and uh, I really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us this evening on Metro FM Talk.